Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. afternoon show. So glad you're with me today. I hope your weekend was good. We've got a big busy weekend uh, uh, coming up ahead with the holiday before us. I hope you get a chance to assemble and be together with your family and have uh, a great Thanksgiving. That's the hope and the prayer. I think it's going to be a little bit different than usual, but uh, I hope you get to be with the ones you love the most. I just want to give God all kinds of thanks for the beginning of a new week. I love Mondays. God is so abundant in his love and in his faithfulness. Uh, His unfailing love uh, to me is worth more than anything else. And uh, he produces a a sense of abundance uh, in my life and hopefully in yours. Um, He just gives us light that we can see, that we can see what's ahead of us and have his word be a path and a guide to us. And he always is displaying his righteousness. And he is uh, amazing in his abundance, his unfailing love. I just want to Start off with a big, a high note of praise to him today, and I hope you're feeling gr- gratitude in your heart, and it's going to be a, a great show. Patrick Alban is going to be joining me in just a second, and then um, the Monday afternoon mix uh, with David Miles will be here, and then uh, the second hour is going to be Dr. Carrie Headington. So it's going to be a great day. I'm looking forward to it. I uh, had my Bible open earlier today to Romans uh, chapter 16 in the uh, First verse, it says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew and then to the Gentile. And the 100% confidence I have in the power that the word has in my life um, also gives us a lot of uh, freedom in this country. We have a lot of religious liberties uh, to share that good news and to uh, tell everyone. Um, but if you are aware of what's going on in the world today, there is more attack on our religious liberties than ever before. And uh, joining me on the program is uh, the way I get things started on Monday. Patrick Albany is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Patrick, welcome. Uh, thanks. I'm feeling particularly collegiate today. <laughs> Why is that? I don't. You know what? Uh Things are. I'm, I'm better than I have any right to deserve. Although, as I like to say, I'm one more banjo shy of being perfect. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know. <laughs> I mean, if you have a banjo stand, it should have a banjo in it. I agree. I agree. I am good. Yeah. So you know, as we talk about religious freedom, uh, certainly it's threatened now more than ever, and. There may, there may be more uh, threatening coming uh, down the road. So uh, we have to make sure we um, are prayerful, mindful, and standing mm-hmm. up for what is right when it comes to our religious freedom and our religious liberties. Well, and, and you know, so it, it seems like, obviously, with COVID, you know, we're shifting back into a lockdown mode all over the place, and churches are getting hit pretty hard again, and but i think i think what people get i know i get most frustrated is the inconsistency you know and i'm sure you've everybody's heard it said before so the churches are closed but the liquor stores are open mm-hmm. 
And, uh, you know, the, I mean, the big box stores have never shut down for a day during COVID and their profits are up, uh, 50%, 80%, a hundred percent. Um, you know, the Amazons, the home depots, and uh, a lot of us are, you know, saying, well, I guess good for them. The mom and pops have gone out of business, though. Mm-hmm. And the big box stores have stayed open and we can't go to church. And and it feels it starts to feel like an attack. It sure starts does. to feel like, you know, you're saying that I have between myself and my fellow churchgoers and my pastor and my church itself. We can't find a way to socially distance and do this well and do it safely because I know we can. Mm-hmm. Over the weekend, you sent me a uh, text, a line that said, um, we stopped asking for permission to go to church in 1776. Yeah. I mean, that was a huge part of the, the, the whole kickoff. You know, I know they had a lot of complaints, but, uh, you know, the founders definitely said that they wanted to have a place where you were free to worship and you didn't have to have a state-sponsored religion. The church was actually just an arm of the government. Uh, they said, no, we want to, you know, pursue our faith and uh, we don't want the government intervening at all. And we fought a big battle and that was a huge part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's in the it's in the First Amendment. Uh, so I you figure when they when they're writing out 10 amendments and they say, well, what should be number one? In my world, that's usually the thing that is the most important. <laughs> For sure. So when you look yeah. at when you look at repressive governments, you look at China or North Korea, and you think, why are they so afraid of of religion and religious freedom? But you know, it's it's isn't it? I know you and I have had that conversation where we say, "Gosh, when you're a kid, you watch the James Bond movies. You can't believe that people would want to take over the world and control <laughs> others." <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, and then you get older and you say, well, I, I guess it's true. I, I, I don't think they have a laser beam from space quite right. yet. All the while they're petting a hairless cat too. That's just uh, weird. Yes. They are always petting a hairless cat. Uh, it's a first sign usually <laughs> of, of a megalomania. <laughs> the hairless, and I apologize to all you hairless cat owners. Out right. There. Exactly. I'm not trying to make you feel bad today. No, no, but I don't know. You can make a. Can you make a megalomaniac feel bad? No, I don't think so. So, uh, but it seems like you know when you get rid of religion, then the natural place that people always seem to turn to is the state, and that's why they want it. Turn to us. We'll control everything. We'll take care of your needs. Uh, you just vote for us. You just do the things that we say to do. Because uh, you know, part of this religious freedom, it's not just about practicing your faith. It's, you know, I, I like not having government involved in a lot of things. I love the charity work that my church does, and I feel, rightly so, I will say, that they do a much better job of it than the government has ever done mm-hmm. uh, in handing out. I mean, we do, uh, during the Super Bowl, they do a food drive, and I think one year they stocked just about every pant- pantry in, in, in Des Moines to the gills. Wow, that's fantastic. Just, just our church. Yeah. But if you are um, a repressive government uh, and you are afraid of religious freedom, it's probably in some part that people who have faith understand that there's there's something higher than the government. There's something yeah. of authority that's much higher than the government. I would imagine that's a threat uh, to them. I, I definitely I would think it's a threat to them. If you say I won't bow down, you know, uh, before you, uh, I bow down before. 
uh, one person. Mm-hmm. Now, we're, we see lots of examples uh, throughout our country that I think should unnerve all of us. I know there was a, a high school football coach. I don't remember where it was. I think it was in the Pacific Northwest. And he was suspended, I think, and then fired because he got down on one knee for a f- couple of moments. Um, just uh, his own little brief silent prayer. And the panel that viewed that activity said that he was engaging in religious expression. Yeah. And, well, and the school uh, did have a, uh, the right to fire him. Is that not a removal of religious liberty or what? So we had a thing here about a year ago uh, for the West Des Moines Community School District. Uh, there was a chaplain would come out and pray with the players before and after games. And uh, guess what? I guess they don't want a chaplain praying. I kind of thought that's what they did. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it, it turned into kind of a big brouhaha, and they figured the best way to do it is to say, well, you know, it's offending some people out there, so uh, no more praying before games or after games. Uh, and that was right here in, you know, you, you I, I tend to think of Des Moines as this nice little safe haven that doesn't have some of the problems that other places have. It's like, nope, it's, uh, we have our, our, our people that are very progressive in trying to remove God from everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it becomes a slope that gets slippery. And I know we've talked about this before as well, when you um, start to realize that what you say from and believe from God's word is going to be completely offensive to people, and they're going to say that's hate speech. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's. Uh, I guess it's clever the way that they've brought that. You know, they started hate speech crimes, hate speech laws, and then they very swiftly moved to calling uh, any you know affirmation of your faith a hate crime. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, which I, I don't understand how that can be free to go. You know, I'm not, I, you know, I'm, I'm not bothering people with my faith, am I? Is it, is it, is it, is it, is it that bad that do people care that much? Although, although that's a good question. Have you noticed that when we were in the entertainment business, believe it or not, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls of all ages, we are in fact in the entertainment business entertainment at one point anyway. And we know a lot of people that are there, various forms, they're atheists, they're whatever. Yeah. And I've I've asked a few of them, I said, I don't understand why you care. Why do you care about my faith? You know, why why is it bothering you? If if if, if I promise you I'm not gonna I'm not gonna proselytize to you, I'm not gonna force it on you. Why do you care that I believe? I don't understand why that seems to cause you sleepless nights. Mm-hmm. And I haven't gotten a satisfactory answer. And nor will you. I'm pretty sure you won't. I mean, I wish there was just a desire for all of us to share whatever faith perspective we had with each other and have it be a point of discussion that's warm and welcome. Um, You know, if somebody came up to me and said, you know, Happy Hanukkah, I'd go, well, Happy Hanukkah to you. You know, how nice that you're sharing your joy with me. I will reciprocate with you. And it also gives us an opportunity to to talk. What does it mean to you? Tell me more. Uh, What do you do for celebrations? You know, it... We don't, uh, everything is uh, quiet. We don't talk. Yeah. I, you know, you know, I had a, an old standard joke back in my Los Angeles days where 
If you, you know, want to uh, settle down, marry uh, somebody of the opposite gender and raise children, that was considered an alternative lifestyle. Mm-hmm. And uh, because if you would mention that as a goal or something that you would like to achieve in life, people would look at you like you were crazy. And if the same uh, group of people were in a room and somebody who was, say, gay wanted to marry somebody of the same gender and adopt children, they would say, that's the most fantastic thing. More power to you. I was like, why can't I get a more power to me? Mm-hmm. Why, 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 why do you look at me like I'm crazy? Why can't I get a more power to you? Hey, yeah. congratulations. Yeah. And of course, uh, one of my listeners uh, races to the rescue here. And says, Bill, here's an answer in Scripture, and this is the condemnation that light is come into the world, and men loved darkness rather than light, because their deeds were evil. For everyone that doeth evil hateth the light, neither cometh to the light, lest his deeds should be reproved. I think that's King James Version as well. Oh, that's so good. So good. Patrick, let me take a little break. We'll be right back with more with Patrick Albanese, my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa. Be right back. I could while away the hours, conferring with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. We are back with Patrick Albanese, my friend from Iowa and the great, the great prestigious town of West Des Moines. Uh, Patrick had another listener, Scott, jump in with, ask your guest, isn't it a hate crime when they stop Christians from praying simply because they're Christians. Well, you and I, and your astute listener, uh, believe it is. That's <laughs> so true. Yeah, but I, I think the people that push this type of stuff do not think it is. They think that uh, uh, their feelings are the most important thing in the world. Um, and, you know, we've been guilty of, of backing away sometimes. I don't want to get into any kind of fight uh, you know, it's, you have a similar upbringing to me, my, you know, my family, I, I, when I sit down with people whose families can, you know, discuss politics at the dinner table or anything, and they can fight, uh, my family, nothing. I mean, it's, uh, first off, you were too busy eating to speak. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. You would, if you opened your mouth and words came out, food was not going in. So that, that was bad. And, uh, my family had a very strange rule. I don't know if you had this one. No singing at the dinner table. Yeah, that was not a concern of and ours. Not only was it not a concern, there's nobody in my family that can sing. So, <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't know what my folks just, maybe it's just they knew we couldn't sing and they said, just whatever you do, do not sing at the dinner table. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I, so I've been guilty of, you know, not wanting to confront somebody who maybe brought that up. Um, but, um, you know, it's you know our mutual friend Danny, and I, I, it's still one of my greatest experiences. We're walking the streets of Detroit after a performance late at night, which is it's not the safest place to be walking the streets any time of the day. But at eleven o'clock is bad, and a guy walks up to us and asks for money, and our good friend Danny says, "I don't have any money, but I have a prayer for you." And the three of us got down on our knees on the sidewalk and prayed. And I have never been, I said, well, that's how you do it. Yeah. 
that's that's boy that's walking the walk yeah it really is and it's not anything i said i would have never thought to do that what is wrong with me mm-hmm. that is beautiful and and the guy asking for the money was as appreciative as he could be it was a beautiful day yeah i love that but yeah. As we just finished up our conversation on religious liberty, uh, there's another example I think that's worth mentioning because this is something that was um, at risk at one point, and that was that 100-year-old statue in Maryland that I think had been around 100 years honoring the men that uh, died fighting in World War One, and the court ordered it to be taken down. Oh, yeah. Well, it's uh, When I was living back in California, there was a big brouhaha over the state seal that had a picture of i forget where it was down in san diego but there's a monument that has a christian cross at the top so imagine this the state seal uh has in its picture part of the picture is a monument that has the tiniest little i mean you would need a magnifying glass <laughs> to see it and uh, the powers that be they did their thing and worked as hard as they could to get that removed. And then they wanted the um, the cross taken down from that mountaintop. So mm. it's that's this that's twenty years ago. This fight's real, and I think it's going to get a little bit more intense. Mm-hmm. Do you remember what the judge suggested as a compromise for this cross, this hundred year old beautiful, beautiful cross in Maryland? It's been there a hundred years. And the judge suggested that you would chop the arms off the cross. So it's just like a tube, like a concrete oh. stick. That, um, wow. <laughs> yeah. People do stupid, stupid things all the time. Well, yeah, but that, that's a judge that you were assuming is supposed to be smart, and uh, that's that's not too far from the biblical times of splitting a baby. I know. You know, because you say, well, it's not a cross if you take the arms off. It's a stick. <laughs> that would be a stick. Oh, my. Um, I hope that they didn't take up his uh, suggestion. Um, they did not. They, I think it went all the way to the Supreme Court, and they said it's staying as is. Uh, oh, which was a nice relief. Uh, that's, that's you know, it's you can't rest. You take a breather and you say, we're okay. It's like, don't don't take it uh, too easy. They'll come back and they'll take another another swipe at this. Mm-hmm. So um, give me an update you know. in the great heartland over what's going on with the uh, coronavirus update in your state of Iowa. Well, you know, it's of course the governor can uh, never make the people happy. So she didn't come out with a full on stay at home order or the mask mandate. But, um, you know, everywhere I go, people are wearing masks. I, you know, the, the, the mandate, I don't I don't see that it's going to make a difference. I, I think a thing that would make a difference is maybe stop using that mask that's been sitting in the cup holder. <laughs> <laughs> maybe try washing that once in six weeks. Yeah, it's uh, mine smells an awful lot like coffee. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of got that Komodo dragon, <laughs> uh, no cream smell going. Uh, it's uh, it, it's been spilled on, but but um, you know we're still like we're we're probably going to do a Thanksgiving. Um, and my wife's mother, we're we're going to take precautions and we're going to we're going to call an audible the day of how people are feeling. Mm-hmm. It's just a small little group. 
Uh, it's funny, my uh, my mother-in-law, I told her that my sister had got a hold of my mother's old Thanksgiving, you know, uh, how to do Thanksgiving. It's five pages. She'd written um, it. She'd written it all down. She written it all down, and my mother had horrible handwriting, so it's good luck trying to decipher some of it. She has two pages alone devoted to making gravy, mostly lard, just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> oh. My mom made exquisite gravy, and everybody raved about the gravy, and so my sister digs this up, and now it's like, oh, oh my, that's two days of work to make that gravy. That's a, but that was her signature. The gravy was the signature. My mom's gravy, yes, and her lasagna. My mom's gravy and her lasagna. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> that's all I need is her lasagna <laughs> and her gravy. That's all. I know. It's, it's back in the old days where, you know, mom picked up that four-pound tub of Crisco, which was— That was used all the time, baking cookies, making gravy, all kinds of stuff. That was that was sure that was coming out all the time. On our super sugar crisp. I think we put a scoop <laughs> right there in the frosted flakes. Uh huh. Made everything taste so good. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. So uh, we're gonna be. I think we'll we'll be okay. Uh, you know, I'm seeing. I mean, you don't. You guys are kind of locked out of uh, Thanksgiving, aren't you, in Minnesota? It's uh, gotten. It's tightened up. The governor said uh, we're not going to gather unless it's your immediate family. So he doesn't want to be mixing a lot of families. So yeah. it's going to be a, a challenging time for people, how they're going to do it. And I'm sure they'll find lots of creative ways and they'll probably do exactly what they um, intend to do. And that's, that's, uh, that's probably uh, the right thing to do. Be with your family as best you can. As best you can. It's, uh, you know, my, my wife is, is never discouraged. So we, we have six Christmas trees this year. I wish I were kidding. Do you really? Yeah. She's putting up six of them. Why? She's putting. Because she wants to. <laughs> I mean, they're not all full size, I assume. No, no, no. There's a couple of small ones. The kids all get one in their room. Um, you know, it's kind of funny, but she, she was starting Christmas really early. And suddenly I see strands of Christmas lights. They're on everything. I said, no, 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 no. We can't do, I can't do Christmas. I can't do Christmas lights yet. She goes, those aren't Christmas lights. That's, that's security lighting. <laughs> <laughs> so... Well, I got, I got real nervous. We got this big ladder that was donated to us, and I don't do heights very well. Uh, and she said, "I'd like to go up there." I said, "No, nobody's going up there. We're not going up there. We're not, we're, we're not going to be doing Christmas with, uh, you know, Dad on the ground." <laughs> oh, but uh, I had to give in to the six Christmas trees. And you know what? It's beautiful. Each bathroom, she's got Christmas-themed shower curtains. She says, "I am not going to let other people ruin my mood." That's fantastic. I don't care if it's COVID. I don't care if it's COVID. We're having Christmas, and it's going to be festive, and it's going to be beautiful. That's fantastic. I know. I'm inspired. What do I do to deserve that? I'm, I'm lucky. Yeah. And, and some of that does, you know, in fact, you know, some of her good attitude is starting to rub off on me. For instance, I am now, I'm starting my New Year's resolutions early. I'm going to, uh, I've given up gossiping, unlike some of my friends. <laughs> All right, we'll leave it at that. Patrick, have a great day and a happy Thanksgiving. I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Yep, we'll take a short break and be right back with the Monday Afternoon Mix.
It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Lardo. Primetime, drive time, let's get it started. Jump in your car, what's for dinner? It's the Afternoon Show with Bill Lardo. It is Monday, and it's now time for the Monday Afternoon Mix. We've got Pastor David Miles, and we are without Miss Rebecca today. But uh, it's going to look to be the two of us. We might even add in Ryan uh, Mitchell, uh, time permitting. You never know, right? Yeah. You know, it's all dependent on what we do and if Ryan wants to jump in and just trying to create an opening for him. He's, I'm telling you, Ryan's got potential. Opening, man. You got he's that. got potential. Oh, he's got plenty of potential. Well, don't, let's not take I it see, too far. I'm seeing him moving. He's moving. <laughs> he's moving towards the mic. All right, let's at least set up the topic, give him something to consider. Now, yes. have you ever had something that you just have deemed so precious and so meaningful that the thought of it being misplaced or lost or st- stolen even just sends you into a panic? You know, they often say if your house was on fire, uh, what would be the first thing you'd race in and get? Ooh. You know, um, I would probably say my, you know, fire extinguisher and my super soaker just so I could convince the insurance <laughs> company that I tried everything I could to try to get the fire out. But you did something. I did something, yeah. But you just didn't sit there with Exactly. The but if that was your situation and your family was out safe and you had one more chance to go back in, what would you grab? Oh, are you asking me? Yes, I am. Am family my family safe? safe? Family safe. Everything's good? Yep. If I don't have it already? Yeah. My Bible. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, you sent me a, a pretty passionate little uh, note over the weekend about uh, oh. having your precious Bible... Um, disappear on you at church. Man, my heart's still beating from that. I know. I mean, that was a very real note you sent me. Well, yeah. And, you know, we were having <clears throat> services at New Hope Church over in New Hope, Minnesota. And, um, you know, we were, I I got to be a part of just greeting people and getting to see just wonderful faces above the nose and long to see faces fully. Um, but was, you know, volunteering and and was I'm um, going to be doing the greeting and prayer and like new visitors afterwards mm-hmm. and you know had sat in the service and heard Pastor Matthew St. John give a wonderful word uh, on David and um, you know it was just really sweet took communion with the saints and nice. went out to greet people and uh, saw some people had an opportunity to pray with some people it was really really cool and walked around the corner to help someone go down someplace. And I'm thinking, you know what? I'm going to get back. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I left my container, my little coffee thing, and my Bible and my my uh, day planner sitting there on a table. And I came around the corner, and the coffee was there, but no Bible mm-hmm. and no day planner. Mm-hmm. And the day planner, uh, you know, that's okay because, you know, but... Really, it was just my Bible was gone, and I was like, "Whoa!" So I like I asked people around. I'm like, "Did anyone like see my Bible?" Someone's like, "Well, did you have it with you in the service?" And I'm like, "Yes, I had it with me in the service." And I came out and I set it down to greet people. And seriously, Bill, just like my heart was just like, "No way, no way." I mean, like it was near panic attack. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, like, it really, really was. Because there's, like, a whole bunch of things, like, and I told people, I'm like, we, I need to find this. I mean, like, I could lose my wallet with 500 bucks cash in it. You know, I could have someone take my computer. I could have someone take my car. But there's just something about, you know, 
my Bible about God's word and his just his you know chronology of faithfulness and the promises of God's word in it that and it all just, your handwritten notes in it bingo yeah and all the hours and hours you've poured over that book and all of the pages that have been slightly smashed or ripped and you know exactly yeah. where you are everywhere you turn <laughs> you know where you are in that Bible yeah and this is one that you know I have others and I guess that, you know, like at the end of the day, you know, and prayer, you, you perfectly and Lord willing, you know, the whole James 4, you know, let us say if it's the Lord's will, we'll do X, Y, and Z. Um, you know, I'll start another Bible and, and uh, but there's just something sweet about being in the one that you're in right now. And there's a couple Bibles I have I w- won't take out of the house for that very reason. The thought of leaving it in a restaurant or having it stolen or losing it, inconceivable. I need to always know where that Bible is. So I have travel Bibles. I have ones that I can leave with. And, you know, if I were to lose it, I'd go, I hope the person that finds it, reads it, comes to faith in Christ. But some of my Bibles that, that I've had for a long time that have all the notes and the, and the, and the little sidebar um, testimonials to God's faithfulness, I can't lose them. <laughs> And you were about to lose one of those. Yeah, it was not a very uh, pleasant feeling. Um, You know, earlier this year, I had kind of a, I was told about it to kind of give a heads up, but it was still kind of, you know, kind of wild. It was my my last Bible, which was held together by duct tape and packing tape. And, you know, basically it was just, you know, just held together. And my wife and just a dear brother named Terry Erton, uh, a man who had been away from church for 40 years. And when we lived in Ohio and the Lord woke him up one morning and said, Terry, go to church. You know, he had gone with his grandparents as a young child, but then they moved from Ohio to Florida. And uh, he came and he went to a church. It was an empty parking lot, went to another church, came, showed up at our church um, and it was over Christmas break, and he said, he felt like the Lord was speaking to him. We were out of town, came back the next week, and um, we went out for coffee and just heard a story and said, Terry, do you mind if I share something with you? And just kind of walked through the gospel, and then he got in a disagreement with me. And his disagreement wasn't what you would think. His disagreement was, um, Pastor David, that gospel, Romans 6.23, wages of sin, death, but gift, free gift of God, eternal life. Mm-hmm. He's like, that can't be for me. And I'm like, mm, Terry, it is. He goes, no. He goes, you don't understand what I've done. You don't understand my life. And I'm like, yeah, but he does. And literally this person sat and argued with me because they could not believe the gospel was so real. And the moment that God switched the light off, it was one of the most beautiful things. Well, he and my wife took my old Bible and sent it off to a bookbinding person. Mm. <laughs> that was a little bit rough. So before, they kind of gave me a heads up and let me know they were doing it. So I, I photocopied some pages that I was working on, doing some notes with and kept it. But yeah, that's just not, it's, it's, a, it's, an, it's kind of a, it's an unsettling thing. And I don't know, it's been weird. It's been it's been weird. Maybe this kind of one of the things that it goes back to. See, since I've been in high school and after Christ saved me, you know, I've literally always carried my Bible with me. I was thinking about this the other day. It's like, 
you know, I've always carried it. I wouldn't leave the house without it. I travel with it. And, you know, it's in my book bag. I carry it with me. And kind of one of those things, never know mm-hmm. when I'm going to need it, want to read it, whatever. And I think it goes back um, to my mom. And uh, it goes back to um, a situation that I remember where I was upset about something. I'm not sure if she was, you know, saying discipline or I needed to. But I remember I was frustrated and I picked up my Bible. It's on the second floor of our house in my bedroom and I threw it down. And my mom was like, whoa, time out. She goes, no, no, David, pick that up. She goes, this book, God's word will guide you the rest of your life. I want you to pick that off, off, off the ground. And I guess like it's something that I've just carried um, throughout my life. And, uh, you know, the psalmist is right. I mean, like the word of God is healing to our bodies, to our minds, to our soul. It's, mm-hmm. it's nourishment. Um, you know, when we look at John 1, Jesus is the word you know, literally the word, the word of God. And I mean, like he's the word that existed um, eternally and he made himself known and put on flesh. And so, you know, moms, like moms are, you know, they can be very right. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's powerful. And, and maybe just a quick time out, you know, to the mom who's listening to this right now, who's, you know, praying over their child and, pouring into them and trying to encourage them in God's word and feels like, you know what, I feel like I'm blowing it. You know, I feel like I'm failing. You know, like, does it does it matter? It does. And you're not. Yeah, and you're not, you're not failing. And you're not blowing it. And you're not blowing not it. Not at all. You know, it's, it's the, the sweetest thing that you, most important thing that you can point your kids <laughs> to. Yeah, my friend Jay, I think, brought his mom a cup of coffee and set it on top of her Bible, and she said, that's not a coaster. Get it off. <laughs> <laughs> I just love the sacredness of God's Word, because it's really, it's, it's his love letter to us. And you referred to that great acronym of the Bible, which is Basic Instructions Before Leaving Earth. Yeah. B-I-B-L-E. Yeah. I mean, like, just... If, if we took Matthew chapter 5 and, or Matthew chapter 6, just one verse where Jesus says, do unto others as you have done unto you. I mean, just the, the golden rule. I mean, like, how transformative. And that's one verse. You know, um, be kind, tenderhearted towards one another, forgiving one another just as God in Christ forgave you. Ephesians 432. 432, yeah. I mean, like, imagine, um, you know, what that could do as you go into this, you know, this holiday uh, weekend, you know. Um, Kind and tender-hearted. That's a beautiful uh, couple of thoughts to have lodged in your brain. Yeah. Always, especially this week, as we hopefully are filled with gratitude. And we're going to look at uh, our loved ones in a loving way. Hmm? I think so. Yeah. And I hope that this year, because of, you know, even the uncertainty and the, the, 
the uniqueness of what we're going through right now, um, that we would love deeper, that we listen more intently, um, that we'd <clears throat> pause. Um, you know, sometimes in, in counseling, I would just say to someone, you know, this might be a situation where you need to bite on your tongue or bite in your lip till blood shoots through your nostrils. <laughs> but just, you know, hold that. I mm-hmm. mean, like, I, I love, and and Tammy's so right about this, and she'll regularly say it, it's not only what you say, but how you say it, you know, um, that matters. And, and so scripture... It, it gives us instruction. I mean, like, I wouldn't love my wife or my kids or others the way that I perfectly, imperfectly love people um, if it wasn't for God's Word. You know, if it wasn't for God's Word, guiding and directing, and as we've talked about in, in Romans 12, transforming my mind and my thoughts and it's still and I'm and, and and if you're driving don't get it don't get it twisted I'm still a hot mess you know but I'd be an even messier mess <laughs> <laughs> without him and even the beauty of it is even in my messiness his grace and mercy poured out mm-hmm. to us yeah you know David Beth just texted me and said a plaque on my shelf if your Bible is falling apart Chances are your life is staying together. Yeah. Another great quote from Lincoln, our, our president, Abraham Lincoln, number 16. He said, uh, it doesn't matter how many times you go through the Bible, what matters is how much of the Bible goes through you. Ooh. That's a good one, isn't it? Ooh, you, go ahead, preach. <laughs> I'm not preaching now. It's just break time. And so far, Ryan hasn't said a thing. So I think I'm just going to go to break. We'll see what happens in part two of our our time together. Let's do that. You're listening to the Monday Afternoon Mix. We've got Miles, uh, no Maxwell, but Arnold, and then uh, possible Mitchell might jump in. You never know. Never know. We'll be right back. Monday afternoon mix, and I guess this is your guys' music. I don't know how long it's been, but it seems like you guys like it. You always get into a mood when it starts yeah. to play. Listen to that voice. That's yes, a professional voice. That is. I could listen to that I like that for hours on the air. You know, I, at least like for the next like 12 minutes, I think we're just going <laughs> to stop and turn it over to Ryan. <laughs> All right, Pastor David Miles, you've got something in Psalm 119, which is an awesome chapter. It is. Especially and if you got an hour to an extra hour to sit around and read it. Well, Psalm 119 is like the longest mm-hmm. chapter in the Psalms, and it's all about God's Word. And verse 33 says, Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to 
to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. That's awesome. That's rich. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think, like, the uh, turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. I mean, there's so many, like, even just, like, worthless things. There's some beautiful things, you know, before our eyes. But, um, you know, there's some things that just suck time and life out of us. Mm-hmm. Can you, for the sake of discussion, um, bring one up? Well, I think one of the things that might be helpful for us to do as we head into the holiday seasons is just guarding our heart and, you know, embracing that we have the richness in Christ. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I remember my wife saying one time, she's like, you know, everything is fine with the holidays until you walk out the door or turn on the television. Mm-hmm. But our society, it screams at us scarcity lack and discontentment, mm-hmm. you know, and so we end up getting on these, these fear uh, roller coasters and these anxiety roller coasters of, of lack when, you know, think of this, like we can lose everything because we have the one thing that we cannot lose, which is Christ. Now, none of that's pleasant. I mean, like no one's wanting to sign up for, for loss of things. I mean, like, you know, even like our, our liberties. I mean, like people are really concerned about that. Mm-hmm. But the body of Christ and the people of God have existed without a lot of the, you know, comforts and rights of society. I mean, like Israel's greatest story is being slaves, you know, and even Jesus, I mean, like, think of all the times that he could have came. Like, Jesus could have came, like, now, you know, and chilled out the Mall of America, <laughs> you know. <laughs> but he came as a, you know, brown-skinned Palestinian man under Roman colonization and empire, born to a place that Nathaniel said, what good can come out of Nazareth? And he was an itinerant homeless preacher. And here's the God of the universe. And so, like, Jesus managed to you know, walk, and we're called to walk in him. So I think um, if we would look to him and even look at the the richness of what he's given us in Christ and even in one another, you know, that he's given us a body. I mean, both my parents are home with the Lord as well as my sister, um, my brother's not a follower of Christ. I've been praying for him for 33 years, along with another good friend of mine from college. Those two and my dad were on my hit list of mm-hmm. prayer. And my dad came to saving faith, didn't he? Yeah, my dad came to saving faith, and I got to walk back to Calvary with him. Oh, that's beautiful. And then he went home with the Lord one month later from a massive heart attack. So the last time my dad and I were physically together was walking back to Calvary. And... When you say walking back to Calvary, what does that mean? My dad had, he had recommitted his life to Christ. Okay. So my dad had grown up 
in the church, got in the military, um, you know, travel became part of Masons and... Yeah, but and I was the, just wondering, it, it, when you say walking back to Calvary, you're going to the, the foot of the cross, you too, right? Yes. 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 Yeah, because there's sometimes there's churches named Calvary, and oh. you, you guys were walking back to Calvary, that church, one yep. day, and I just didn't want to create confusion, because yes. I'm the one that gets confused the easiest sometimes. There you go. Yeah. That whole kind of like a mist in the pulpit as a fog in the pew. <laughs> and, exactly. And we don't need to do that while people are driving. No, we want to be crystal clear. <laughs> yeah, so the, actually the last time um, my dad and I were together um, was um, seeing him and hearing him ask Christ to be mm-hmm. Lord of his life. Wow. And so it was it was really sweet. And that's <laughs> out of... I mean, it's the richest gift. Like, and I was like seriously gobsmacked that day because my dad and I had talked and he was like, you know, I'm not interested. Dad, he's like, I don't want to argue with you about this. I'm not going to talk, you know. And I would tell my dad, you know, Dad, I will always honor you in the Lord. And I said, I will also honor you in the Lord by telling you the truth of the gospel, but I will do it with respect, mm-hmm. you know. And so... That goes back to Romans 16, 1, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes. And you just kept bringing the gospel to your debt to encourage yeah. listeners who might be praying for a relative or loved one, and maybe they're in their 30th year. Give well, them hope and encouragement. Well, you know, one of the things that was sweet, because actually before that happened, it was one of my classmates when I was at Trinity Evangelical Divinity School in Chicago, and he had come back from break, and after praying for years, his 83-year-old fa- father uh, had gave his life to Christ. Um, and it was my classmate, uh, Patrick uh, McElroy. And I remember him looking at me after one of our student gatherings, and he's, he's like, David, I know you've been praying for your dad. He goes, you know, don't stop. You know, keep praying. And it's not like this was a short thing. I mean, like, this had been, you know, 14 years, I mean, of just, you know— praying and and asking God um, to lead me in silence. And, you know, and the reality, too, is that God may use other people. George Mueller, he prayed for a number of people. And there were a couple of people, a part of his story, that didn't come to faith until after he passed, you know. Um, But God can use us um, imperfectly and, and... you know, there's sometimes there's some really more difficult things that people have to go through, um, you know, that sometimes strip some of the things that they find comfort at. As a pastor, when I was in Ohio, I remember doing um, home visits when I first got there and just meeting with people in our church and hearing their testimony. And the number of people who shared that it was actually through trials and disappointment and health issues and loss that led them to finding you know, the great pearl of price that scripture talks about. Um, I remember one guy, successful engineer, and he had health issues, and that's when he turned to Christ, you mm-hmm. know. So um, let me just encourage you to keep praying, you know, because it is a spiritual thing that God would work in people's heart and enlist others to pray and uh, ask God to soften hearts, you know. So, mm-hmm. and just pray that there would be people come alongside them. You never know who could give a word of encouragement or hope or say something that would be adding to the story 
of a person's uh, faith journey. And Bill, I love what you just said. We often pray for someone to come alongside of someone. Mm -hmm. Like today, you know, someone's in Portland, Oregon, and there's someone who has a loved one who's out there, and they're praying, Lord, would so-and-so come alongside of that person? But we might not realize that there's someone in San Diego praying for a loved one who's here in Minneapolis, and they're praying for someone to come (laughs) alongside of them. So why won't we say, Lord, use us imperfectly to be those people, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And so say to yourself, I might be that person that someone is praying for today Yeah, that I come alongside someone yeah, and start a conversation and ask a question and engage them in um, a spiritual discussion. Psalm 119, 46 says, I will also speak of your testimony before kings and shall not be put to shame. And, you know, if we can speak before kings and we can speak before children and we can speak before all of those in between and you know when it really matters to stand before the king of kings and have him say well done i mean like you actually found my name worthy Mm -hmm. to share above all the other things have a wonderful thanksgiving david i will look forward to seeing you next week and rebecca if you're listening we missed you today ryan thanks for jumping in it's nice to hear your voice thanks ryan that wraps up uh, our time together with uh, pastor david miles we'll be right back in hour two dr carrie headington will be joining me we're going to talk about the feast of thanksgiving we'll be back in a few minutes Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.